Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepiguina, some people refer to him as an international YouTube superstar, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the European champion from Bangor, Maine, where some people actually do listen to the show. We call him Alo, the ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd, uh, so welcome back. No pay-per-view to review, no pay-per-view to preview. I think it's a couple weeks before we have one to do. Yep. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I have not watched one second of WWE product this week due to uh, a bunch of circumstances that arose on Monday and Tuesday. I did not have an opportunity to get to it today before we started recording. So I'm going pretty blind this week, and you guys are probably going to have to talk me through some of the, uh, the taped Raw and taped SmackDown from the U.K., I don't feel bad for missing it. One, because I know I didn't miss anything. No. And two, those tape-delayed ones from the UK are always underwhelming. So I yeah. figure if I'm going to miss a week, this is a good week to miss. Um, no disagreement on that, I'm assuming. No, you didn't miss it. <laughs> uh, before we get into any WWE, though, I think one of the biggest stories in wrestling is the all-in show. Sold out in what, less than 30 minutes? 29 minutes and 36 seconds, I believe. So, So that's impressive. It's not, you know, they didn't sell, you know, 100,000 seats like WWE allegedly did for Dallas or whatever, but 10,000 seats when it's it's not even an actual promotion. It's just these guys are like, ah, we're just going to do a show. Yeah. 10,000 seats sold out in less than 30 minutes. I'm impressed. I'm happy for them. And as much as I rail on the indies, my problem is more with the smart fans than the actual indies themselves. So I'm happy for these guys. I think it's awesome that that this happened. So what are you guys' thoughts? Well, since I'm going to be there, I'm very excited. (laughs) I was all in from the rip. I wanted to go to the show. And I was telling you before we recorded that... I went as so far as to yesterday I was watching the being the elite where they found out that they were sold out and I felt so like moved I was mm-hmm. like yo these guys were genuinely <laughs> so happy that I went to Hot Topic and I was holding off on buying the new shirts like I wanted them all but I was holding <laughs> off and I was like I gotta get them so I bought all the like the three new shirts that they had at Hot Topic what uh did so I obviously don't follow it very closely. Did they have doubts about whether they'd sell these ten thousand seats? So they were saying like they thought they'd sell like four thousand. Like and even that they were like, Well, that would be like a good thing. Like if they mm-hmm. sold four thousand they were happy on the opening day. Right. But um, And then have months to, to sell the rest. Yeah, for and for me I didn't feel like scalpers really went out to grab those tickets. I they just did. think I think it was more of like a, all right, let's help these guys sell these tickets. Like, I'm definitely, I was all in from the rip, like I said. Like, I want to go to that show. Yeah. Halo? Well, hitting off what Prep said about 
the latest episode of Being the Elite. <clears throat> I fell for it. Like, that second... <laughs> like, the latter portion of that video, they weren't, like, being characters or joking around. Like, they were dead serious. Like, they were, like, really nervous. And then, I think it was Nick Jackson was like, I think the tickets are gone. Like, they're gone. Like, I think they're really gone. <laughs> and Cody's like, well, we didn't get... We, we, the ticket, mas- ticket master hasn't called us yet, but... We'll wait till we we'll wait till we hear. So they thought it was an under an hour, but it ended up being twenty nine minutes and thirty seven seconds. And like it was a real genuine feel good moment for them because they talked about they floated this idea around for about a year and a half, and they're kind of the first people that kind of actually do this. And there are some people on Instagram and the IWC <laughs> uh-huh. who complain it's all hype, but I'm about to say something that might tick you off. Similar to Ron, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> Wilmington, Delaware, from 9.15 to 4.30. You'll find me. But Full shifts every day. Full shifts. <laughs> but, of course, the fact that you're buying tickets, it is all of, all of hype. When you buy WWE tickets before they, for pay-per-view before they, or Raw, before they even announce a match, it's off of hype. And the fact that this, these guys aren't even a company. They're just some guys who happen to be the biggest thing in wrestling and, tra- and like put, put in wrestling in the forefront and everything that's fun in wrestling sold out a show without, with only, what, maybe 20 people booked for a show? Already, 20 people booked for a show already? And not one match announced? The fact that they've gotten to that level to just be guys and have their own group and sell out an arena is very impressive. You, you, you can't knock them. You can't. You can call it all hype you want, but you're, you're basically contradicting yourself because how many times you want to take it for anything, not knowing what's going to happen. I don't get the all hype argument. That's pro- what is a wrestling company called? A promotion. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah, and these is are guys. promoting what everything is. Anything that you're trying to get someone to hand over money to consume, you have to hype this thing to get people to fork over the money. Anything. For me, it's kind of like the... So wrestling has its categories, too. Like, just like any genre of music. Like, if you're a fan of country, you know, or if you're a fan of hip-hop... Whoa, 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 whoa. Or if you're a fan of hip-hop, like, you know, usually those fans are, like, very different. Luckily, I like everything. So I could could, I swear I could put on anything and vibe to it. One day, I just really need to sit down with Ron and ask Ron, like, what do you like? Because your taste in everything is just very strange. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm pretty picky for the most part. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, he likes old hip-hop or something like that. I do like old hip-hop. I like 90s. And then he'll bust out an odd country song you never thought he would listen to. There's, honestly, I, uh... Country's the one thing that I can't listen to. And that just goes to my bias against the South. Little Hank Williams is so good, though. <laughs> I mean, that I could give a pass to. There are certain artists I could give a pass to. But, like, if it's on the radio and it's country, I can't turn the channel fast enough. Um, yeah, but, so, back to what I was saying. Like, for me, it's those fans, like, people who like deathmatch wrestling. Like, the certain person that we said all hype. It's he doesn't like that like PWG style like overselling, which is one of those things like it's just like music like I said like yeah. they just don't so just because he didn't want to go he considered it hype but it's like no this is like a big deal like this is good for everybody like if WWE 
would be upset for that it would make no sense because this is good for you like this is bringing eyes to the sports entertainment you know it's it's bringing eyes to the sport yeah and it's a big deal and so i think two things one the only thing i could hope is that it's on wwe's radar oh it is like it is not that they're nervous that they're competing with them but I would like it to make them a little bit nervous. I would like them to think, wait a minute, maybe we might be the biggest, but we may not have a complete stranglehold on this thing the way we think we do. Yeah, and it's a house, it's like a glorified house show, like, and WWE doesn't draw 10 grand to, you know, 10,000 people to a house show. Right. Let alone Raw SmackDown nowadays. Yeah, that, so Eck and I had this conversation the other day where he said, he wanted to try to find out what was the most tickets sold at a wrestling show outside of WWE and WCW. And I know he said that Supercard of Honor, it was their biggest show, and it had, like, I think he said 6,000 or 7,000 people. I forget what he said. I think it was a little... I, I want to say it was closer to four. But for I know that there was one per, I was listening to a show where they were saying TNA's highest was 7200. They were talking about this and there was one promote there was like a vanity project that somebody did that they drove 10,000 people there but it was like one and done. Right. Like it wasn't any it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, and apparently Xbox said those tickets will all be moved but they're not he didn't expect it to sell out immediately. Like no, I similar, didn't yeah, similar to what Prep said. He thought maybe they sell like three or four thousand the first day, and then they sell them in dribs and drabs over the next few months. But that it, it sold out that fast. Do you think them announcing Punk the day before at Pro Wrestling Tees helped? It definitely didn't hurt, but maybe because maybe some people are like, oh, maybe I'll try to be in the area just for that, and as long as I'm in the area, I might as well go. Um, for me, it sucks because I'm like, damn, I'm going to meet Punk, but I can't leave till like, Friday night. Like, I'm literally only going there, go to All In, and then fly back home. So you're, you, are you not? You are going to see Punk, though. I am i don't think I'm going to make it. Huh. Because he's only there for a few hours. Well, that sucks. And imagine that, and imagine that line. But the whole thing... The like, whole- well, it's only 200 tickets. Ooh. I'm going to buy a ticket. Like, if I can buy a ticket... I'll I'll tell my boss like yo I gotta leave Friday right. morning like, I don't care <laughs> yeah doesn't matter what you say I'm gonna be at no this. I don't care I'm gonna go because like obviously like I have a tattoo of the guy's logo like mm-hmm. I f- like that's something that I will want to do is meet him and how many opportunities are there at this point unless know? I f- unless I fly to Chicago you know because he he does like comic cons and stuff from time to time or he'll go to like a comic book shop but. I'm just going to fly down for that. And that's, like, even worse than this because this is a ticketed event. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Yeah. The the other thing, and this goes back to something you said, Prep, uh, months ago when you mentioned that you respected Cody betting on himself when he left WWE and, like, I'm going to go do this on my own. This is kind of just an extension of that. It's like these guys bet on themselves. We know we have a following. We know people like us we are going to try to do this and to see that risk get rewarded i always love to see that yeah the last person who did that was that who did that with great success was aj styles when he left tna he had 
He had nothing to prove after he left TNA. Right. He goes to Japan, kills it for like a year and a half, two years, whatever it was. Saying that he was never going to go to WWE and then goes to WWE and look at him now. He's like top five there. So for me, it's like bravo, Cody. Like, yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of him in the ring, but I'm a fan of him as like when we met him. Like, they met him to take a picture, but, like, his interaction with everybody was super, like, he was probably one of one of the nicest wrestlers. And the way he carries himself, like, he's, as his character, he's, like, a real heel. Like, mm-hmm. so that's why, for me, like, even in his match at All In, like, he's clearly going to be a heel. Because that fan base is going to know, oh, we boo this guy. Like, yeah, we'll cheer him for a little bit. Right. But he's there to be booed. Um. Yeah, I, I'm happy for the guy. I wrote an article for TJR about him slash Stardust, and whatever that MSG house show was, I don't remember what it was called. He had a match with somebody on it. I don't. I don't remember what the, the match network was. one. Yeah, that network special. I think Brock and Big, Big Show maybe uh-huh. had a match. But whoever's whoever he had the match with, I thought it was a great match, and I watched it. And felt like, this dude is really good. He's getting held back so much. So I kind of wrote an article, like, an appreciation of Cody. And I hoped maybe they'll see something. Maybe when he's not Stardust anymore, they'll be able to do something. And that day just never came. And I just, I'm really happy for the guy and proud of the guy that he got out of there and is bigger now without WWE than he ever was in WWE. Yeah, and that's also going back to... We talked about this with um, Emma when she left. That when you leave, like, the fans, they give you faith in yourself. It's like, okay, these people, want, these people know. They, they think I could do these big things, so let me go out there and bet on myself and then look at how Cody is now because Cody was probably... One of the bigger names we talk, talked about being wasted in WWE, and now Emma Tennille is out there doing the same doing the same thing. And I've been champion Cody since 2011 when he was the Intercontinental Champion. Even when he was doing um, but he had the face mask thing with Rey Mysterio. I was championing that from the beginning because he was like really good. He was probably the most entertaining thing on SmackDown. But going back to the whole all in thing, for, before I forget, book flip, <laughs> and um. You guys talked about Punk. I don't think the Punk thing really would have made made much of a difference. I'm sure it would have sold out maybe in not 30 minutes, maybe by the end end of the day, probably. But but I don't doubt it'll sell out. I I have not yet purchased a ticket, so maybe down the road we'll have to like make a special episode and name it the decision. <laughs> the decision. <laughs> if I'm all in or not, but. <laughs> but is it like the ticket the scalpers are already out there they're like even the bad seats are already like 200 bucks on step up but I'm very happy for the guys because WWE they see this and this possibly may, may make them change how they do business or maybe they'll try to like go even harder after some of these guys or go, go harder after some of these guys when their contract's up but they see this and this is like going to change the game Unfortunately, my fear, not not to uh, interject before you were just about to say something, Prep, but my fear is that their only recourse for things like this is to say, oh, we'll just try to do this too. And they just, like, copy what somebody else did, like what they did with the uh, 
the whole broken Matt Hardy thing, uh, the final deletion, and then they just kind of copied it with the Wyatts and the New Day. It's like, are they now going to try to promote a show in, within the next year that's sort of supposed to resemble like an indie when, type show? Because they could sign with these guys all they want, but they they don't do a lot with most of them once they do. Well, go ahead, bro. For me, it, I don't think they WWE has nothing to prove. WWE is what WWE is, and they really don't need to be like that. They don't need to do anything else. Like it's not that. That's what they have NXT for, and NXT already sells more than ten thousand tickets. So there's no reason to try to be like all in like because everybody talks about pwg but wwe never tried to be pwg <laughs> like right. you know what i mean or nxt either like wwe is what wwe is basically. yeah and wwe they do a lot of the same they don't have like a weekly show like being the elite but they have a lot they do a lot of the same things on their on youtube and, and all the they're all, the, all their platform they do these little side shows and backstage segments because I said I always say all the gems are always on the WB.com YouTube page always that, that's where you follow the best stuff but they don't bring it to television and when you see this on when you see this on .com when you see this unscripted stuff it's so much fun but then you watch Raw and Smackdown it's like oh my god what am I doing in my life because for the what the fourth fifth week in a row Smack, Raw and Smackdown have been so uneventful I don't, I'm like what am I doing with my life I still hate wrestling <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. Like, like, what are you... Nothing's happening. No, nothing's fun on Raw and SmackDown, except for Rusev Day, but I'll get to that. <laughs> but, like, nothing's fun about it. The, the the Bullet Club, they make everything fun, even from in, even from in-ring work. They make everything fun. But WWE, on a weekly television show, they don't make everything fun. No, they just go through the motions, and they, they do the least... It's really the least amount of effort they can possibly put because in. They, because, they, like Prep said, they're already made, so it's like they got you. And then the the average fan may not, like, the average fan like who, who's bringing their kids to this show, they might not know what Bullet Club is. So, like, when, you sh- like, when it comes to WWE, WWE is always known as the big time, with all the, like, the bells and the whistles and stuff. So, like, for example, I was watching on Network, Raw from 2000, my, my beloved year 2000. Mm-hmm. That's how Ring of Honor looks right now on television. So when you watch this stuff, it's like, okay, what, what's this? Why does it look so damn fuzzy and dark and stuff? So it, you might not be drawn to that stuff. But WWE's like, oh, they, all these lights or whatever. But That was one of the reasons I hated WCW. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, it was like one one lo- is like bright and fun to look at, and the other just like look like crap. Yeah, so... And I always looked at it like, oh, these are this is like the minor leagues is how I always looked at WCW. Yeah, and yeah, so WWE is kind of like, okay, we got you. And with the young fans, like they think, and the casual fans, they just like they, they don't see it the way we see it. So everything's like good to them, but like no, this this stuff sucks. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Yeah. Let me just let me just say mm-hmm. that Ring of Honor is not that good. It's not. It's not. If if you look at Ring of Honor, you can really call it Bullet Club of Honor. Because <laughs> I said this last week. I said this last same thing with New Japan. The recognition New Japan gets now in the U.S. due to social media, most of that stuff is from Bullet Club. But the difference is that New Japan has more than the Bullet Club. Yeah. Like like New Japan stuff is like top shelf when it comes to in ring product. Yeah. But 
Ring of Honor is not that good. Yeah, like, you, yeah. Ring of Honor is basically, like Prep said, Bullet Club of Honor, but New Japan isn't, thinking about the difference between New Japan and Ring of Honor, New Japan's not worried about WWE because they have their own stuff in Japan. That's their own fan base. Those people go crazy for, for their stuff. But Ring of Honor, they're dependent on the Bullet Club. Because I said this last week, all that stuff, all that stuff that Bullet Club does kind of keeps Ring of Honor afloat. Yeah, think of think of Supercard of Honor. All the matches that we liked from there were Bullet involved <laughs> with the Bullet Club or Flip Gordon. Like that was yeah. it. He's in, he, he's Bullet Club. He's Bullet Club. he's elite. Yeah. He's definitely elite. Book Flip. Book Flip. Um, or New Japan guys. It was like Hangman versus Kota Ibushi. We were into that, but fantastic. Everything else. Yeah. Everything else but then Bullet Hangman's Club. in the Bullet Club. Exactly. So like, That's what I'm saying. Hangman yeah. and then Abushi. New Japan guy and Bullet Club. Right, so they're they're carrying the torch at this point. Yeah, this is a this is a good topic now that we're we're talking about New Japan because I don't know about you guys, I could care less about the weekly shows. We'll we'll get to Rusev Day eventually, but <laughs> so I I wanted to have a conversation because there's a stat in my head that I'm like I can't believe it. 2018, great year for us. We go to Mania, we have a blast. But wrestling aside, that's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So WWE having the roster is this the most talented that yep. WWE's roster has ever been, not producing top level matches. Yeah, it's that damn that damn WWE style. And I don't know if Vince is still booking the show. I'm assuming he is because he kept months a few months back they're saying he's gonna step away after WrestleMania and let Triple H handle it. But I don't I will really never understand. I will really love like I want Vince to write a book or have a 30 for 30 or something. I will never understand why he has this quote unquote WWE style and it holds his show back even though it is known as sports entertainment. Maybe that's why but like I said I've always said NXT is the wrestling show. WWE is a, the sports entertainment show. Yeah, because you have to separate the t- even to the point now where you have to separate two hundred five live because when they had that run a few months ago when I was championing them, they had four to five great matches, like genuinely great. That I was like, oh, I'm gonna put this on my list. Yeah. Like it might not win, but it deserves to be mentioned for, right. at the end of the year. Is this the weakest the roster has ever been, or the the strongest the roster has ever been with the weakest matches? Yeah, because it's definitely one. Just the sheer size of the roster, it's got to be more talented. And, but the other thing is the from a physical in ring aspect, the athletes have changed so much from where they were twenty twenty five years ago, and we've discussed this before with guys like Brett and HBK, who were smaller guys, who were the first kind of main event top guys, and a lot of more average-sized guys grew up thinking, oh, I can be that. And so now you have a a roster that's populated with guys who are probably between 5'10 and 6'3, and between like 180 and 225. It's not, it's not filled with a bunch of 6'8", 300 pound you know slow guys it's it's a very athletic roster and the th- the sports entertainment excuse it's always used because it's always thrown around like well it's sports entertainment it's not wrestling one of the two key words in sports entertainment is entertainment and it's not entertaining 
they want to talk about characters, but they don't have good characters. They don't develop characters. They don't tell stories. They just send people down the ramp to go do something for five minutes, and then next segment. Even their wrestling style. If you're watching Raw, somebody gets thrown through the ropes to the outside, you know Michael Cole is going to say, oh, well, will so-and-so get back into the match? And then it's going to commercial. And then it's coming back, and they're telling, okay, well, here's what happened during the commercial. It's Everything is so formulaic that it definitely doesn't lend itself to entertaining in-ring wrestling. And my thing has always been, I get it, if you want to put yourself in the position of we are more than just wrestling, all these other companies, yeah, they may be great wrestling, but we are wrestling and so much more. Why does that mean you don't put the effort into the actual wrestling too? My thing has always been, if you want to say you're about characters, you're about stories, and then wrestling, create great characters, tell great stories, and have great wrestling. I don't see why, but they sacrifice the wrestling for what they say their priorities are, but they're not even doing that well. Ayla, what were you, you going to yeah, say? Going off of kind of what you, you, and both, you and Prep both said, when it comes to that quote-unquote WWE style, the only guy they seem, especially, well, lately, the only guy they've kind of allowed to just go off and do whatever the hell he wants Seth Rollins. is Seth. That's, that, that's how it looks. Even AJ, it's like, and that kind of looks like they're holding him back because this whole Nakamura him, Nakamura and AJ thing, I'm 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 gonna throw it in the tub because it's well. This it's is terrible. this is my favorite match they had. This yeah. week was my favorite match that they've had. Just just and saying. this was for the the right the to choose the stipulation, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which hasn't been chosen yet. No, it, ha- it has no. not. But like all, and also we we'll sort of all the fun stuff like the sports entertainment stuff that they do. It does work. We have Rusev Day. We enjoy Carmelo. We enjoy the Iconics. Mm-hmm. It's there, but the wrestling aspect of it is. Not good, <laughs> but we know that. But we know we can do better. We've seen Sasha Banks tear the house down NXT. We've seen AJ Styles tear the house down. We've seen Roman have the best matches. Best matches. We've seen this stuff. But why don't you let him do it on a weekly basis? And nothing's happening on television. Yeah, we've been on the show. We've I, we've had the show for two years, and I'm still saying, "Where's my Sasha Banks versus Bailey feud?" Yeah, that's just getting dragged out a little more every week, and I'm convinced it's not going to happen. <laughs> I almost don't know why it would at this point. It I don't know who could, really cares about it. It can happen or it couldn't happen. Yeah. The craziest thing is care. that's something that should main event a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And it'll probably be on a pre-show if it does happen. Yeah, that was a main event type feud that they've now turned into nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, last thing that I have on this. You mentioned uh, you kind of compared All In and Cody to, or maybe even WWE, you compared eight to that to AJ Styles saying he had nothing to prove when he left TNA. He killed it in New Japan. Now he's in WWE. Do you think he has exceeded expectations in WWE? Because I was aware of how good he was, and I was excited to see him in WWE, but I never thought they would fully buy into him, and I thought he'd be just another guy who floats through the roster. And he's been arguably their top guy since 2016. Um, has that exceeded your expectations, what they've done with AJ? So for me, the the crazy thing is when, they, when he got there, they were clearly holding him back. He had those segments with The Miz that were entertaining because of The Miz, but what did AJ do? He didn't say anything. When AJ started talking was when AJ really got over. So for me, he exceeded my expectations. Hey, because... Uh, oh, sorry. Just 
for a simple fact mm-hmm. that we know he can deliver from an in-ring perspective, but on the mic was where everybody was like, how's he going to do? You know, the best thing I remember him saying in TNA was a throwaway promo he had one time when he called himself better than the best in the world. <laughs> and I remember, like, being upset about it. <laughs> I was like, who does this guy think he is? <laughs> yeah, Alo? Yeah, well, he's over... He's he's over... He's over exceeded expectations because one, we knew that he was a TNA guy, and when it came to AJ's talking, I was never a fan of AJ Styles talking because I, I remember when it comes to AJ Styles talking, all I remember him is chasing Karen Jarrett, <laughs> and that was not good. But he over exceeded because when he first got there, they put him with Jericho, but they like person they did hold him back. But what four or five months later, he beat John Cena. And then at SummerSlam, he beat John Cena. And nine months in, he's a WWE champion. And we all know Vince's, Vince's thoughts on guys he didn't create or guys who were against him. He wouldn't put the belt on him. He wouldn't put him over his own guys. But he did, he did that for AJ. And, that, and then AJ turned heel, and that was the heel turn I never knew I needed in my life. That was so good. The beat up John Cena thing. <laughs> Dean. Like, so, like, it was, every, everything he did was great. So he definitely overexceeded. There are legitimately 20 to 30 great wrestlers on the roster with only, first of all, 10 of them probably aren't even on television. Right. And only five to eight at most of them are actually producing. Yeah, they're not. JR talks about it all the time. Make the most of every minute you get on TV. Samojo. Yeah. So, but and my comment right now is not even about like the individual talents doing it. It's about WWE does not make the most of every minute of TV they have. Not at it's all. it's almost exclusively just running out the clock until you know on Monday night. Okay, we're coming on the air at eight, and then we're just running out the clock until eleven oh eight, and then on Tuesday night we come on at eight and we're running out the clock till ten. They're not doing anything that makes you want to watch. There's no when I. When Raw ends, granted, this week I didn't watch it. It was the best decision you ever made. Because I, the two weeks I'm off from this show, I took off. I still had a Mania hangover, which this is the longest I've ever been like, damn, man, this crap sucks. But, like, now, honestly, what made me motivated, and probably Eck and Aaron will get there in a few weeks, is all in. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to go to the show where I'm going to see the best wrestlers in the world put on this, like, you know, this is monumental to mm-hmm. me, you know, so. It is. Um, yeah, they're just uh, they're just wasting time for five hours a week. And, yeah, when I turn off Raw, or when Raw goes off the air on a Monday night, I'm never thinking, like, oh, I, what's going to happen next week? Or when SmackDown goes off the air... I'm not like, oh, where's this going to go? Mm-hmm. It just ends, and it's like, okay, well, that was that, and that's really it. Uh, so they just go through the motions. It's it's difficult to watch, and I've said before, if I wasn't doing this podcast and you guys weren't my friends, there's no way I'd be watching Raw and SmackDown anymore. <laughs> um, I just, it's it's just not worth the time, unfortunately. Um and oh, I don't, I don't know if you yeah. saw this, but um, Prep showed this to me, but I had saw it a little bit earlier. NBC Universal is looking for somebody else to take SmackDown off their hands. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I did see that uh, whatever his name is, George Barrios or whatever, was talking about we don't necessarily need the two shows to be on the same network. Um, so I don't know if maybe they'll re-up with USA for Raw and then SmackDown goes to Fox Sports or whatever the case may be. I was kind of just hoping the whole thing would get sold to a different network. Because they want Raw. They'll, they'll pay them more for Raw, but they don't want SmackDown. Who? USA? Mm-hmm. Or? USA will keep Raw. I, I think it said they'll pay them like three times more to do now, but they have to get rid of SmackDown. So they don't want two days of live wrestling yeah. on their network. So that I didn't know, and that's interesting to hear because... I like as a fan, I don't want two shows every week. It's too much. And I get they have this huge roster. But I do you guys agree WWE would be better and more enjoyable if there was one show a week? Monday Night Raw, that's it. Well, for years SmackDown didn't really matter cuz they like the big names weren't really there to to an extent, but I think they need two shows because the roster is so big. But the only thing is, we're so disinterested because nothing is happening. And so, the, and that's the problem: is the, the two shows are there only because they have so many guys on the roster. They don't have two shows because they're saying, "Oh, we're creating so much good content. We don't have enough time for all of it. So let's do two shows." It's just because there's so many guys. Are, are you guys getting any benefit, any increased value out of having these two shows every week? No, it started off that way because, of course, they wanted to push the brand and they wanted to get more viewers. But now that the views are going down and the product's getting worse, it's like, whatever. Like, I I told you, I almost didn't watch SmackDown. Yeah. Like, I didn't watch it last night. And I was like, okay, I'll just watch it before I go tomorrow. And I'm sitting at home and I was like, wow, this sucks. Like, I have... <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to watch And, and the this. sad thing is, we do like these guys, these, these superstars. We love them. But you, I just thought, it's like, like, we talked about Andrade and Zelina Vega. We all excited from the, we got all excited. He's finally getting his big break. And but I have all, nothing to say yeah, about but, it. But the thing is, but like, <laughs> you're excited because he's getting to, he's on to the main stage. But then a week, a week or so later, you're going to get depressed because he just, was, was counting at NXT. It's like. Okay, I'm scared now for what they're going to do to him now. Yeah, because now he's just going to... Next week, he's just going to have a match against Sin Cara or something like that. And then the week after that, he's going to be on Superstars. Like, AOP, they were on main event this week. Why is this brand new killer monster tag team that you're bringing up from NXT on main event? Why aren't they on the main show? Push them! Yeah. They, they don't really know or care what they're doing. And... Unfortunately, they're completely unchecked because they have nobody to compete with. They know in their time slot on Monday and Tuesday, they're for the most part going to be one of the top three or four shows in the ratings. Especially now because basketball is almost over. So, yeah, it's it, I don't see any uh, any improvement on the horizon. And my my point about AJ Styles, his promos on John Cena that summer are still some of the best content we've gotten from WWE in the time we've been doing the podcast since 2016. He inspired my character at Mania when I wore the the headband with the hair down. (laughs) Everything he did in that Cena feud was great. The matches were great. The fact that they did put him over Cena 
that he really got to to carry the mantle for most of the last year and a half. So I I agree that he he exceeded at my expectations. Like I said, it was no that was no slight on him or what he could do. My question was always, what are they going to do with him? And they really have, for the most part, taken full advantage of having him on the roster. Um, so, all right, I'll go over the couple things that I know that happened on the two shows this week. I know Roman speared Jinder through a wall or something. Is that a correct? Wall. And Roman got booed out of the building in the U.K. Is that correct? Yes. Um, and I saw there was a dark match that he got booed even worse. Really? I think, yeah. Um, it, the crowd reaction is one thing. and that, that doesn't matter to me as much because I think if you ever figure out the right thing to do, you can eventually start to get the crowd reaction you want. Did you see anything to make you feel like they're going in the right direction with Roman Reigns. Have you seen any steps in the right direction? Well, the <clears throat> the, the UK crowd, that's a passionate crowd. Mm-hmm. So even when he speared Jinder through that fake wall, <laughs> they still booed because they know you're trying too hard. Because at a certain point, like that dirt cheap that Uncle Dave reported last year, it's been going on too long. <laughs> like yeah. You've been trying to get this guy cheered. For too long, and it's getting to certain points where it's like, okay, you're forcing it now. Now, not everybody doesn't see it that way because everybody's not the smart, the smart fan like that. But a lot of times, like, okay, you're trying hard now. Now we are the official podcast of Roman Reigns, <laughs> but even I'm like, okay, this is too much. And I said last week, this is a cheap ploy to get Roman cheered because nobody wants to see Jinder Mahal on television. So. I, in my TJR, you know, New Year's uh, predictions column, I think that was right as we were starting the show. Or maybe it was year two of the show. I, one of my predictions was that Roman Reigns was going to defeat the authority, well, Triple H slash the authority at WrestleMania, and basically get them off of our TV. Which happened. Because we, we didn't see the authority for a while. And that wasn't enough to get him over. Him defeating the authority and getting them off our TV wasn't enough. What makes them think him defeating Jinder and possibly getting Jinder off of our TV is going to be enough? I, I don't... <clears throat> do, you, do you still think there's not a chance that they're putting him against Jinder to kind of move him down in the pecking order a no, little bit? No, it's just, it's just to get him cheered. Because I don't know if you saw this either, but there was reported that there was a creative meeting and someone pitched putting him with AOP when they t- do turn him heel to make some monster group. Hmm. Which I think will work. I mean, I think it would. Prep, would you, would you be cool with that? Yeah, my favorite scenario... Now, I am a Roman Reigns fan. I am a Seth Rollins fan. (laughs) What I saw was Roman Reigns getting into the Money in the Bank match. He wins it. Seth goes against Brock, and Roman cashes in on on Seth. Ah, that'd be good. So that's... That's a way, yeah. That's a way to get him over, like as a heel, because he'll clearly be a heel there, and he'll get booed. That's the reaction that he's gonna get. 
It's all. It always worked. Look at John Cena when he was a heel. Like he got booed, and then when he started to get cheered, they turned him babyface. Yeah, and then I had a scenario. Roman still found his way into Money in the Bank. Cat <laughs> announces he's going to cash in against Brock, and AOP comes in and helps him beat Brock. Do you? Can you guys see that happening? Him with AOP, or do you just think it's I could talk? see? I could it. picture it. Yeah, because they look like. They all look the same. They to all me. look like cousins, <laughs> even though they're Indians. Kind of yeah. like white people. <laughs> <laughs> we all do look the same. <laughs> um, Seth Rollins, what do you have a match against Owens this week? Yes. Yeah. I'm assuming tore the house down. It was good. It was good. It was good. Nothing to like be like. Nothing oh, like Ron, he did last couple back. weeks. Yeah. Because they actually, t- I was very upset. I love K- Owens, but I was upset that I thought I was going to get him versus Pete Dunn because Pete Dunn. <laughs> Oh, Rollins had put on Twitter about the challenge, and Pete Dunn responded with the big eyes yeah. emoji. So I was like, oh, God, I'm getting wrong versus Dunn, and they said Owens. That would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been really cool if they did that. Yeah, and Pete Dunn didn't even... No. He didn't even wrestle that night. No. The UK champ in the UK didn't wrestle. Did Seth have a promo on Monday? No, they no. went straight to the match. So it was the loudest burn it down I've heard. Really? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, they were into it. I love it. So he didn't say baby at any point? No, oh, thank no, God. No problem. That was last week. Good. Yeah, because the crowd's like 100% behind him now. Ever since that whole uh, one-hour thing he did in that, in that gauntlet match, the crowd's been behind him. But this UK crowd was all in. And do you? Th- I know we all love Seth. And now, yeah, because remember before this all happened, I was really yeah, upset. Yeah, we were all down they, on him. They kind of turned it around for me. Yeah, but even though we were down on him, we were still f- huge fans of Seth. It mm-hmm. just was boring. They weren't doing anything with him. Do you think this is a better spot for him than if he was in the world title picture? I, For me, it's just going to lead to him being in the world title picture this summer. So, yes. For now, this is better because Brock's not there. Yeah. So, and he, it's clearly leading to him facing Brock because all he does is crap on Brock. Yeah, because yeah. even even <laughs> on commentary before the match started with Owens, he, he they told about Rollins wants to be the most finest the most finest champion, make the IC title, that the, the, the title, and then they they said hashtag better than Brock. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> um, oh, one thing about commentary. I'm all in, no pun intended, with Maxwell challenging Michael Cole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I just say one thing though? Yeah. Corey Graves, I know we met but how dare you try to pull the prep off? <laughs> what did he do? He got the top knot. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Corey, come on. <laughs> do you think Brian Gerard James recommended it to him? Probably. I He's like, so. yo, I met this guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite podcast. Um, you guys already mentioned Nakamura. And AJ, what do you think the stipulation will be, if you had to guess? No clue. I have no idea. Something um, stupid like a strap match. Or something. I was gonna say like a street fight. <laughs> um, the Chicago street fight. Yeah. Something dumb and pointless. But I can't see a strap match, or they might even do a ladder match for all we know. It's An- happened. Mm-hmm. Another thing, can I just say I'm all in on Nakamura's music? I am too. I yeah. love it. So do I. And like this week they did. I didn't see last week, so I don't know if they did that. But they did like this intro, like video intro they didn't do it last week, where they're plugging in like an amp, and then the music yeah. starts. I dig it's it. It's awesome. Yeah. I um, really do. The only other thing I knew that was happening this week was the 
Royal Melibration. <laughs> Yo, Carmella, I love her, mm-hmm. but they kind of shut her down really quick this week. Like, Paige came out, and then Paige's from the UK, so, yeah. like, Paige got cheers, and then they bring out Asuka. Commentary, that was that might have been my favorite commentary moment. <laughs> Corey being like, but she lost. <laughs> <laughs> Why she get and because I was thinking that I'm like okay like she obviously probably deserves a chance because she went like 800 days like yeah. not losing but still like she just lost and then she lost again in a tag match <laughs> yeah. like why is she getting a title shot? <laughs> so she is definitely getting a title shot. Yeah, they they announced her and Mella for Money in the Bank. Well, there, there was one point in her in the, in the Melibration where um. Car- she, I don't know exactly what Carmella said, but then she's like, "What you guys don't understand me?" Then she did, then she did it in a in a um a, a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> she had said something. I remember she said something like, like basically saying like, "What queen? You're looking at the princess of Staten." <laughs> yeah, Staten and she Island. said it with, a, in a, with an accent. Oh, she said the Isle of Staten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is good. So it was shut down quick, but did it? I know, Alo, you were really looking forward to it. Yeah. Did it live up to what you were hoping for? Yeah. They, so, Carmella, I think I said this before, Carmella is this year's Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Yeah, because even during her entrance, like, she had the, pe- the what, what's the, um, the, the Brit- and, um, and Brit- British people that wear the hats? The people with the stupid like, hats. Are you talking about, like, the guards? Yeah, she had the guards, and, like, they, they were holding the belt on a pillow. <laughs> and so, during her entrance, it was great. <laughs> That is awesome. And I'm very upset that you met. Oh well, before I say it, uh-huh. you told about Paige. You were be a, you're thinking Paige would be great backstage, working with the women. She's been fantastic because I I forgot to bring up last week. I like what she did with Mandy Rose and mm-hmm. Sonya Deville and Gorilla, and she kind of did the same thing this week, saying, "No, it's it's not going to handicap. It's a triple threat match." So I I did I did enjoy that, and you didn't watch, so I can't ask you how Paige was looking. She was looking. I was going to say, that'd be my guess. I'd put If I was a betting man, I'd put my money on that. Yes. Sports gambling is about to be legal across the country. <laughs> so. um, yeah, I, the other thing that I think I didn't, I didn't really take into consideration with Paige as the GM, a lot has been made about how, like, A.J. Lee was the last woman to be involved in real feuds that weren't just women's division feuds. Like, she was with Dolph Ziggler. She was inserted in all these... Top feuds in the company. Trish Stratus, we've mentioned that before, that she was involved in a lot of stuff. China, obviously. I think with a female GM, I think that puts a little more spotlight on the women's division on SmackDown because the tension between Paige and the other women is probably going to be more so than what the tension is between Paige and the men. I, I think that it might be good for the women's division on SmackDown. Um that was everything I had written down, like that I knew happened. So what? What is anything great that I missed? <laughs> yeah, good. So <laughs> I'm trying to think because there was something that I was thinking. Andrade beat a jobber. Yeah, I mean, Zelina <clears throat> so looking good. good. Yeah, Andrade looking svelte. He looked yes. like he looked like he getting a little big there. Yeah. Yeah, he him also. He he took the he tried to pull the prep off. <laughs> um, Rusev Day. Yes. <laughs> what was up with Rusev Day? 
I don't know what you saw in Rusev Day because I'm not looking forward. <laughs> listen, I'm not looking forward to them getting rid of um, Aiden. Aiden, because you all know I'm getting that sad already. Aiden is my like. How bad was it when when I saw Lana first come a few weeks ago, like three weeks ago? I legitimately got upset about it. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're really gonna pull Aiden off? Like, where's he gonna do after this? Yeah. Well, Lana's accent is just. Comes and goes. Mm-hmm. I think when is she... No, but it's, like, clear now. That it's, like, she's in her regular voice, and then she says, like, like, crush. But she'll yeah. say it, like... She'll say that in Russian. Oh, yeah. Her voice isn't as good as it was before. No, now. it's not. Because she, does, she doesn't even use it half the time. She'll say certain words with the accent, but any other time she's straight Lana. Her mm-hmm. re- regular voice. Yeah. Mm. And we have Billy Kay versus Lana next week in a qualifying match. Okay. Uh, for money, money in the bank. Yeah. So does Miss Money in the Bank lose her title at Money in the Bank? No, she's gonna get disqualified on purpose. Yeah. Um. Yeah. How much longer do you guys see for Rusev Day? I know I asked this last week. Not much longer, because I think Lana's gonna end up losing, and then that's gonna cause her to be frustrated, and then at the Money in the Bank, you'll see um, Lana try to pull Rusev away from Aiden, because he's not, because she'll say, she'll say Aiden's holding you back. And where do you guys land on who's going to win the Money in the Bank matches right now? So, I was scared last week because I heard KO like lost to Braun Strowman. So I'm like, damn, man, I've been pushing for KO to win the Money in the <laughs> Bank for like three years now. Yeah. That's my pick. But I kind of want Joe to win. <laughs> if, he, if he wins. But I think he will win. Like, I really want Joe to win. Yeah, I, I really want Joe to win, but, of course, I want the Miz to win, so I'm going for Joe and the Miz. Yeah, I still think Miz is the best choice. I think it just makes the most sense, and I think he's definitely earned it. But, of course, I would be, if Joe walks out of there with the the briefcase, I would be, I don't have to call it a contract on this show. <laughs> if he walks away with the briefcase, I would definitely be happy. Yeah, and that's be something for us to actually be excited about. Yeah. Um... Is there anything this week that I should watch because I would specifically hate it? Oh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre McIntyre beat Finn Balor and Braun Strowman. And guess who made the pin? Dolph? Yes. On Finn. After Finn fell to the top rope. Why? For (laughs) for what reason? Because he's the answer. Well, there is... Oh, you didn't watch Raw, so you didn't see Sam Zayn's promo. No, but I, so I did, <laughs> so I also muted a lot Damn, of. That was good. <laughs> I also muted a lot of wrestling keywords on Twitter. Uh huh. Um, that's why I didn't see a whole lot, but I did see the pictures of him like with the reading glass. Anytime he's wearing the reading glasses, I'm I'm all for it. My, I can't get enough of that. No. My favorite thing was him staring at Alexa. Yes, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so great because. In the middle of the promo, he put the glass on to read it because he was re- you you didn't see it at all. Did Nothing, you? no. All right, so he basically's been saying that the reason he's been losing every week since Bobby Lashley came because he's been suffering from vertigo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he put the reading glasses on to tell you to explain what vertigo is if people didn't know. And they took the glasses off. So he, as he leaving the ring, Alexa's music hits, and like she's coming down the ring, and you can tell she's trying not to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> before he before they even like come close to each other, so. They come, they but they cross each other's cross this path, but before he crosses the path, Sammy puts his glasses back on. Mm-hmm. But mind you, he took them off after yeah. he read the thing. 
And then he's just like giving his awkward like nerd wave like hi. Yeah. <laughs> but the other contents of that promo is terrible. It I was. hope you do not watch next yes, week. Yes, you, you hate it. Just take the week off because <laughs> Sami Zayn. I hope you don't watch again next week. Sami Zayn is apparently bringing Bobby Lashley's sisters. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Sami Zayn was great, but the con. That's actually the best thing anyone has done to sell me on actually watching the episode of Raw. I, but can I say how much I love that we're a WWE podcast and you guys are now trying to convince me to not watch WWE? Because I, t- I think I told you in a text, I was like, yo, I made the best decision. I took two weeks off and now I'm like ready to watch. Yeah, it you again. told me Monday night because I was like, oh, I'm watching the game. Unfortunately, I got to put Raw on in a little bit. And you were like, you know what? Do yourself a favor and don't watch it. I was like, no, I have to. And then I saw the time. I was like, you know what? I can't. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> no, but like the, the context of the promo was not good. But the way he delivered everything yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. It, it was on the delivery. It was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did see the picture of him with the glasses on looking at her as she was walking by. And somebody tweeted, it looks like Sammy is her father, saying, are you going out dressed like that? <laughs> and I thought that was funny. Because like, literally, he, he put the glasses back on just yeah. to look at her. It was so great. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Sammy. Uh, and again, he's one of the guys that can overcome content because he is just so entertaining and so funny. And I still don't think he gets nearly enough credit for being as good as he is of a personality. <laughs> I was listening to Jericho talk to Daniel Bryan, and Jericho's telling the story about how he got the call. To possibly that he just tipped the hat to yeah, her too. But, but thing is, the can, Jeff cap and the glasses are. Yeah, a but great you can look. see that she was trying yeah. so hard at the line. <laughs> Wait, no, that's something else we missed that was really funny in the promo. He says, oh, the hat. "Look at look at Bobby Lashley trying to be like me." Everybody <laughs> knows that that's my hat. <laughs> Everybody oh. knows that's my hat. I was like, "Damn, that's good." So we're gonna see the the three infamous Lashley sisters next week. Yeah, and he was like, "You know where I found them." Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Sammy. Sammy and Kevin both. Like I'm so happy that they got to where they got to. Vince Russo, you are wrong about those two. You always have been. You always will be. Um, Vince Russo getting pulled from all uh, the Starcast. Um, he was booked for that. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. So what? Does anybody know the deal with that? Uh, they just refuse to bring him in because he sucks. <laughs> because he sucks. Oh, speaking of it, Richie. Does an excellent Vince Russo. Impression. Oh yeah, yes. need to get him on just to do that. I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> I, I wish Richie would have thought to to do this impression when we saw him two weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it. One thing I did once uh-huh. I wanted to finish the story because I thought it was so funny. Okay, Jericho show right. He's talking to Daniel Bryan, talking about when Vince called Jericho, tried to get him for Mania just in case Shane couldn't do yeah. it. And he was saying that he'd have to go straight to the arena, like, and he'd make it just in time to, like, literally, like, run into the yeah. match. So he was saying, like, me and you would be good. Me and Daniel would be good mm-hmm. calling in the ring. Sammy and Kevin would be a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> you really telling me that I have to do a Mania match, like, and call it in the ring? <laughs> and for some reason when he said that, I was just thinking of, like, Sammy Zayn freaking out oh, backstage. Yeah. Yeah, Sami Zayn seems like a very neurotic guy. I, every time they talk about him, like like on table for three and stuff, like I really want to meet him and just have a conversation. It, I, it's real. I, 
again, I wasn't sitting down having one-on-one conversations with Sami Zayn at the Performance Center. But the Q&A at the little orientation when we first got there, we had breakfast, and then we had this little orientation. They showed a video of Triple H kind of welcoming us to the Performance Center. And we had, I believe they gave us about a half hour or 40 minutes of Q&A. And I literally think only two questions got fired off the whole time because Sammy fielded them both and talked for 20 minutes on each one. And I don't think there was any other questions asked. Um, But, and then during lunch, where lunch was served, funny enough, by Alexa Bliss and Blake and Murphy, which I thought was funny. Uh, but Sammy, just you could just see him around the room, just like talking his ass off the entire day. So it's definitely I've seen it in person, him not on camera, him actually as a real person. That is definitely <laughs> ha- what he is exactly like. Uh, anything else from the two weekly shows that warrant being mentioned? Not for me. We didn't see the Universal Championship. I'm assuming. <laughs> um, Unfortunately. Yeah. Do we have any listener questions? Yeah, yeah, question from the Godfather, Joe Lafferty. Okay. I did not watch anything this week, and I didn't miss it. I'm, I'm mad that I didn't miss it. I look forward to hearing a recap all week. So, what can Vince do to win back a 34... What? What can Vince do to win back a 34-year-old fa- loyal fan? Please, guys. Oh, a 34-year. He's been a fan for 34 yeah, years. Yeah, I'm guessing because there's a t- some typo in here. Yes. Please, guys. No BS. Give me something. Well, as I mentioned, I didn't watch either this week. I also didn't miss it. I'm not mad that I didn't miss it, but I am disappointed that I could go. Because I've watched Raw and SmackDown every week since, I believe, 2013. I was out for six, seven years have watched every week religiously, and it's never even been a thought that crossed my mind any week. Ah, maybe I just won't watch this week. So I didn't, and it's disappointing that I watched it and I didn't feel like I missed anything. It's disappointing that I came on here to do a podcast about it and I don't feel any less prepared to talk about it than if I had seen it. Uh, I don't know what they could do to win us back over. The The only thing I could think they could do is if they shifted their focus from trending on Twitter to actually putting on an entertaining show. But I, I don't see them doing that anytime soon. But yeah, Laugh, I'm with you. I didn't watch and I didn't miss it. I don't feel bad that I didn't see it. Well, I'm jealous that you didn't watch. <laughs> but first of all, stop stop messing with our intelligence. <laughs> and make... Well, everybody loves titles. And make the titles matter. Like Laugh says, like... But the main title. My title. Mm-hmm. But make, make the titles matter. Like, they're not just props. Like, they mean something. Like, you have a whole lineage of history with all your titles, for the most part. Like, make them mean something. Like, make like make these things, like, make the feuds feel important. All your feuds should be important, but the ones for the title should actually feel is for a title and not be about low blows. Everybody should be one, everybody should want to be the champion or a champion. Make Make it feel that way. And just, like, Stop messing with our intelligence. Like carry on, carry all of these storylines when you can on a week to week basis. Whether it's something big or something small, you have to like build intrigue on your weekly television shows and carry that stuff over for weeks. So that's how you tell good stories. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm not gonna give 
sorry, laugh. I'm not going to give you a big explanation like Halo. <laughs> the one thing I am going to say, and I know this from experience, and I've already said it on the show, sometimes you just need a break. I took two weeks. I watched maybe five minutes. I tried to put on the greatest Royal Rumble, which might have helped my break. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, this sucks. I'm going to turn this off. And I just took the time off. Sometimes you just need that break. Like... When you watch football, you get that, you know, the season is a season. And then you go and you're good, but then you're waiting for it, you know. Two weeks, that's enough for me. Like, I I was ready to come back and watch it. And even though it sucks, I knew I was going to come in here and have fun talking about it. So, just take a break. Do do another week left. <laughs> One more week. One more week. Happens. The unfortunate part is you could take two weeks off and come back. And not feel like you missed anything. And that, to me, that is the most alarming part of the whole thing. I feel like I could I could skip the entire month of June and tune in on the first show of July and not feel like anything's any different than when I last watched in May. Yeah, like, I, I don't watch NXT religiously. I watch the take... I still haven't seen Mania Takeover, by the way. But uh, I watch the takeovers, and that's just enough for me to know that this product is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, Any other more. questions? Yeah. Going from Diamond, the lowdown, Lord, no relation. Who are five superstars you would get rid of on the main roster? You guys mind if I go first? I can't wait. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Randy Orton. Kane. The Undertaker. And because of the accent, Sarah Logan. <laughs> 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 That's my five. <laughs> Me? Mm-hmm. I know who one of them is. Oh, <laughs> Zack Ryder. Yes. This is all. <laughs> That's the only one. That's Everybody it. else can stay. Just because we already talked about how you have all this talent, use it. Yeah, when I looked over the roster, and it was not really easy. for. There was nobody that I was like, oh, I hate this one, I hate that one. So really, I just went with kind of the older guys that I that I don't feel like I need to see anymore. But yeah, the the roster is filled with people who are actually talented. Alo, Dolph Ziggler. Okay, it's time. I love you, but it's time to go. <laughs> <sighs> do you see him as somebody that could do something similar to what Cody has done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you really? Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if he'll still want to wrestle though. But I can. That's the only reason why I don't see it. But if he just wanted to wrestle, I can. But I think he wants to do other stuff. But I think his his ship sailed a long time ago. Um, Mojo, get get on my, <laughs> my television. Randy Orton, time to retire. Love you. I love you in certain aspects, Randy. But now you're just there, floating around in your hoodie, whatever. In your hoodie, sleeveless hoodie, <laughs> sleeveless hoodie. Uh, Go ahead, say it. Brock, of course. Uh huh. Get get far away. Go back mm-hmm. to the UFC. And for a fifth guy, like I said, it's hard to just pick somebody because I don't really genuinely hate anybody. Right. So it's kind of hard. I don't want to just... Just do it for me. And doesn't that tell you so much about how poorly they're handling this talent that we're having a hard time finding five people we don't want to be there anymore? Yeah. And they can't find anything good to do with any of them? Mm-hmm. Well, for prep, Zach Rod. <laughs> for, for for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say, 
because I have to say this. Uh-huh. Zack Ryder is not going to be Cody Rhodes. Zack Ryder is going to go do a couple shows in New York, do a couple shows in New Jersey, and then he's going to be a convention guy that people are going to want to take a picture with his stupid belt. I was going to say, or they want to talk about toys. Yeah. Um, all right, is everybody ready for Stump Alo? Forgot all about that, but I am ready. Most importantly, is Alo ready for Stump Alo? I haven't read this question yet, so I'm just seeing it now. Okay, at 2000 King of the Ring. Oh, God. Who wrestled for the hardcore title? What was the stipulation? And who won? It was Pat Pat Patterson versus Joe Briscoe in a uh, hardcore evening gown match. Okay. (laughs) Crash Holly regained the hardcore title. (laughs) Yes, very well done. And part of the text was... He definitely had this on VHS. I did. <laughs> I almost watched this the other night. I could probably name you the whole car. So I will... Well, let me just look it up. King of the Ring 2000. I got it. You got it? Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Do, do what you do. Okay, well, the show starts with, a, uh, of course, a McMahon-Helmsley promo. <laughs> I believe Rikishi, fought, no, Rikishi was in the first match. He fought Chris Benoit. Uh, I believe the second match was Eddie versus Val. Val won. I believe the next match was Jericho and Angle. Crash fought Bull Buchanan. It was a fatal four for the tag team titles. TNA, Too Cool, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys. I said the evening gown match. Then the semifinals was Rikishi and Val. Rikishi won. Uh, Kurt Angle. What oh, the Kurt Angle beat Crash to go to the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. There was a handicap table dumpster match, DX and the <laughs> DX and Tory against the Dudleys. The King of the Ring finals was Rikishi and Angle. I said the hardcore title match, and the six man tag for the WWE title: Triple H and Vincent Shane against Rock Undertaker and Kane. Yep. Wow. <laughs> well, well done once again. Always impressed with with your. Limitless memory for WWE cards. I couldn't even name you the whole card from Backlash <laughs> off the top of my head right now. And that was just two weeks ago. Um, LeBron, you you have no excuse not to come on the show this summer because you're about to have the longest summer vacation you've had since 2010. So, well, 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 Boston only won one road game, but they're not scared of them because they. Charles Barkley said something about this the other night about the importance of winning game one for the, for the supposed underdog because it kind of gets that that monkey off your back. It's like, okay, we can beat this team because he said about the about the Celtics and Celtics and the, how the Rockets need to get win game one. So he's like, okay, we could beat these guys. And going back to that Raptors series, Toronto gave Cleveland their best shot in game one. Yeah. And then and Cleveland they, still won. And Cleveland came back and still won. So that kind of messed up their, their their mindset a bit. It's like, okay, we gave them our best shot. In game one, we didn't win. Game three was close. Came under the wire, but LeBron went at the buzzer. But Boston's not scared of Cleveland. They're coming after you guys. I, I think Boston's going to end up winning the series. I know you're not a Boston fan, but... But being an Eagles fan... One way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> but being an Eagles fan and seeing what the Eagles did with the whole next man up thing, you can't. I can't help but not to not like this Boston Celtics team. 
But it looks like they're going. They'll be going to the fall. But they have to get one game in Cleveland. Yeah, I I just don't see how Cleveland bounces back. And now, granted, it is LeBron. Well, the thing, it, but the thing is, we know LeBron. What he had like 41, 12, he had 42, and, two. and had a triple double. Yeah, and but it's like even in game one. You can let LeBron beat you, but everybody else has to also beat you. Like, Which they can't. Because Mark Jackson was even the highlight in the first half. Like, look, they're making LeBron take all these tough shots, So, but everybody else on the team is getting open shots. But they're not making them. J.R. Smith didn't score. George Hill, only, I think the starting backcourt only had three points last night. That's not going to That's not gonna beat Boston. And Cleveland had to leave for most of the, most mm-hmm. of the game until the end of the, the middle of the third quarter. Yeah, I think that... Uh... This series is going to show why LeBron needs a team like the Sixers. <laughs> because, or Houston, or, you know, San Antonio, any, any number of teams he could go to. But I think he basically has done it by himself this year. And I think that's catching up to him. He's playing against a team that is better than his team. He can't beat them by himself. It's just not going to happen. You can't do it. Yeah, and they throw so many different looks at him, and it's it's like what like what he can't he can't beat the Celtics teams by himself. And I have to beat him four. He has to beat him four. Four out of six four, times. Four six times now. Twice in Boston. Yeah. Um. And Boston's undefeated at home in the yeah. playoffs. Um. The our debate about LeBron and and Jordan last week, where I was kind of talking about LeBron with the longevity of his career and being able to reach statistical milestones. I really think that's his goal at this point, more so than championships. I think his goal is he's trying to build a resume that people will have a hard time saying he's not the greatest player of all time. And I think he knows for him to do that, he has to keep pushing for a few more years. And people keep talking about LeBron shouldn't come here because him and Ben Simmons don't fit together. But I think LeBron may see the Sixers as – if I get on that team, I don't need to be on the ball. I don't need to run the offense. Yeah, it, I can extend my career by letting these younger guys shoulder the load. I'll be off the ball. I'll get my points. I won't have to work as hard as I do now, and that might add two years onto his career. Uh, so, yeah, he doesn't have a great cast of characters. I think Matt Madness has a much deeper bench uh, <laughs> than – than the Cleveland Cavaliers do. So, LeBron, when you're ready to join our team, uh, maybe maybe we should be the guys in the meeting when LeBron meets here for <laughs> in free agency. I'm ready to head up that meeting. I think I could talk him into coming here. Um, so, yeah, LeBron, the, the throne is open, Prep. Yeah, uh, NBA fans, you guys suck. <laughs> you complain about wrestling, but you guys watch people play Fortnite. <laughs> you guys freaking suck. I hate you. <laughs> I love the Fortnite thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what Fortnite is, if I'm being totally honest. I know it's a video game. I, if if you put it on my computer screen right now, I'd have no idea that it was Fortnite. Um, all right. Anything else anybody wants to say before we close it out? Okay. So we talk exclusively about WWE. If you want to hear anything about <coughs> indie wrestling... Uh, or anything outside of WWE, check out Falls Count Anywhere with Russ and Matt. Check out The Perfect Edge with Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. Go back and listen to our throwbacks and unsanctions on iTunes. Please subscribe. Please give us five-star ratings and reviews. 
check out Elroy Prepson on YouTube and Alo. How about some merch? What a maneuver.net to embrace the madness. All right. So that is the show for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. <laughs> I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my ball, shut the mystery man. It ain't safe to land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the